Welcome back to Vulcan Hello, the Incomparables Star Trek Discovery Flashcast. I am one of your hosts, Scott McNulty, and I am joined, as always, by Jason Snell. Jason, I have one question for you. Do humans from Earth drink tea? Uh, do you? <laughs> oh my goodness. You're right. It is the greatest tie-in ever. I can't wait for the next Star Trek-themed tea from the New Mexico Tea Company, which will be the Fred something or other flower tea that <laughs> exactly. the Kelpians drink. And I like how Saru says, uh, I have dreamt often of, of this Fred whatever flower tea from home. I assume that he can make the tea just fine <laughs> with the flowers that are in his room, but that That's it's not, not as same. good because it's not from home. That's mm-hmm. I, I, I did a little kind of questioning there. Um, anyway, it's great to be here, Scott. Do you hear the sound of thunder? <gasps> I do. Thunder! Because it... <laughs> Whoa, that's what I, I think I heard it in the distance. <laughs> yeah. That's right. What is, this is episode six. six. Yes, yes. Episode six. And uh, thank you, by the way, to the New Mexico Tea Company, nmtco.com slash TV, T-E-E-V-E-E. Go there. Get some tea f- for uh, for a discount with uh, the code that's on that on that page and uh, fill out our survey. And thank that's you right. to them. And, and keep watching the skies for, <laughs> for some Kelpian tea. Probably right. coming sometime, maybe. Mm. If, if you're listening to this, chances are you're a human and you're from Earth. And let me tell you, you'll drink some tea. You'll drink some tea. That's right. I wanted a moment there where Saru was like, it's fine, Burnham, that you won't die. Actually, I, I wanted I wanted her to be like, I've had this tea before in your quarters, Saru, and it was not as good as this. But she didn't say that. <laughs> she did not say that. There, they, there was not a lot of tea talk, but no, uh, enough. When they said little. that, I, I turned to Marisa and said, my podcast is sponsored by a tea company and she she did not care <laughs> oh well oh well i i uh and i totally wasn't even thinking about the tie in there until you mentioned it but it's great so <laughs> See? so oh, hooray hooray well we hooray. uh hey remember oh. that uh that short trek mm-hmm. about well, before before we remember that short trek we do have to do uh everyone's favorite oh, segment you're right you're right you're right you're right spotting spock the search for spock which answers the question does spock appear in this episode and I have not. a question for you, Scott. Does the yes. trailer count? The next uh, time trailer. Well, see, that's that's true. Spoilers for the next time trailer. <laughs> Spock appears in that trailer, but uh, he, he, he does not appear in this episode, though. I'm feeling but we, have, we like, have found him. Like my prediction is going to be right. I, I but it depends on mm. how much he's in next episode. If we only see a glimpse of him at the very end, uh, I, which is my prediction, then I will feel like I have been. Uh, I have uh, I have successfully spotted Spock in advance, but uh, I don't. And know. I think your 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 other and we'll, we'll we'll save what your conspiracy theory is. Uh, oh but yeah, I think that it, it seems like all signs are pointing to that. Mm, but, I'm feeling uh, better about that too. So <laughs> anyway, do you remember that short trek where we saw all of Saru's people, and it seemed mm-hmm. like an awfully high production value short <laughs> yes. trek for them to make so many Kelpian costumes just for that? I think mm-hmm. we've got our answer, which is that short trek was almost certainly produced alongside this episode. Yes, I was, I was. As I was watching this, I thought, "Oh, now it all makes sense." Yeah, yeah. And their flashbacks to that short trek in this episode—they didn't. Re- I had a moment where I was like, "Are they just going to show us the short trek? They could just show us the whole thing. It's only ten minutes <laughs> long or moment. whatever." They're like, "No, no, no. We, we, you know, we got an extra fifteen minutes that we didn't 
didn't show in this episode that is the origin story of Saru, although it is flashbacked to, which is an interesting way of integrating your your short track, right? Integrating your, your uh, uh, pre-season kind of webisode thing, uh, you, you flash back to it because you can't assume that people have seen it. But if you have seen it, then you're like, hey, oh yeah, I remember that. That's the last shot where Saru leaves on the shuttlecraft back to the Shinzo or, Shinzo or whatever. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, the, it, an important thing for us to to know because it is, um, yeah, it was totally made along with this episode. Yes, and I thought I thought they they included just enough of the short trek in the flashbacks to not annoy people who saw the f- short trek, right. but give enough context to people who did not to right. understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So I, kudos I agree. to them. I agree. Uh, do you like Kelpians? So, That's my other question to you. Because boy, <laughs> if you don't, this is going to be a tough one for you. This is a bad one. Or or uh, do you like yourself a Baul? I do because not. You... I do not like the Baul. Who are like the Goa'uld from Stargate, except they mm. emerge from goo pits in the floor, <laughs> or circular goo pits in the floor, instead of circular Stargates uh, the that wall. are not on the uh, on the floor. They're kind of uh, yeah by the wall. Yeah, by the exactly. wall. Exactly. Yeah, They're bad. Enough fan. They're I had good. so did I. I had a moment. I wonder if you had this moment where I got I faked myself out in this episode. Where Ooh, since nobody had seen the mm-hmm. the Baul, there was that moment where I thought, "Oh no, the Baul are just the evolved Kelpians, yes, and they go, as well. they go, they get all get sw- swept up, and um, and then they're evil with technology, mm-hmm. and that that it turns out that uh, that Saru is just turning into an evil ba- Baul, and that's who he is going to be now, and um, uh, that's not it." So that's, that's good. <laughs> yes, I, I was glad that it, that was not it because that's what the first thing I thought of. Because uh, they they talk to the Baul and the Baul are like foolish human from the Federation. You have no idea what you have on your ship. And I was like, oh no, it's a, a Baul, but uh, it's not. It's not. No, no. It turns out instead it is. That would have been kind of a Star Trekky plot, but instead it is another Star Trekky plot, which is <laughs> that the because um, we talked about when we talked about the brightest star. Um, the the idea that there is this awful technologically advanced race that is basically slaughtering this other race and that the Federation seems to kind of not feel like they can do anything about it and how that seemed bad. But now what we find out is that there's, as Burnham says, the story, she's like radios over to, to uh, Saru. Like, it's complicated. It's more complicated <laughs> it's, than it's we thought because they go, they, they consult the sphere database, which uh, mm-hmm. was not a callback I was expecting uh, to scan the information about that, uh, the mystery sphere that we, Ooh. that we met uh, two weeks ago. And, yes. uh, and they find out that, uh, that the Kelpians were evolved in the past and not, not uh culled by uh by the baul and they um almost made the baul extinct so they the who think of themselves now as a prey species actually mm. are just the kind of larval form initial form of a predator species which is a oh, nice yes. twist for everybody who is like rolling their eyes at saru's people being uh, prey species <laughs> i guess the secret is out the secret is is that, and I thought it was an interesting twist. I thought it was better than the twist that I thought was coming, which yes. was that Saru was a Baul. Uh, and I thought I like the idea that they're both basically living in fear of each other. They just didn't know, like this, the the Kelpians did not know that the Baul are basically afraid of them. And that's uh, and that is suppressing them. That is excellently Star Trekky in the sense of, and and I think. 
I think Saru, who is really, um, you know, kind of cranky and insubordinate for a large portion of this episode. Yeah, I called him Salty Saru yeah, for this episode. He does, at the end there, have a very Star Trek kind of thing, which is we have to find a new balance. We need to learn to live together. We, mm-hmm. you know, we need to not, we need to not kill them. They need not to not kill us. We, in fact, I almost wanted him to say, perhaps you could say, we're not going to kill today. But he didn't oh. say that because that's uh, Captain Kirk's line. He can't. No. He shouldn't do that. But He's but that, that's basically what he says is we need to rise above this. Not mm-hmm. what I was afraid, or I think effectively because he's he's really losing it early in the episode. <laughs> what uh, what I thought he would be. It's like, we will kill them all. <laughs> all the bowels will be dead. We made our mistake 2,000 years ago and we didn't make them extinct, but they will be extinct now. And they he did die. not do that. He did not. Do now that. that we can shoot darts from our ears. Oh, man. That was that all. was really great where he does that and, and and it hits the force field, and they're like, "Yep, you haven't changed." Yeah, yeah you same old Kelpians. This is was why great. we do things. That was that was great. Like you are super dangerous because they're like, what are, "What are these things growing in your head? Oh, they're horrible weapons. That's what they. They're are. horrible poison darts. Darts. Yeah, I assume there's poison involved. Yeah, I assume. They're, uh, they're well, why would you have darts if they're not thrown. poison? Yeah. Yeah, I think I I, I enjoyed uh, this episode, uh, and I enjoyed the the. It didn't go where I thought it was going to go. I mean, it ended up basically where I thought it would end up because sure. it's a Star Trek show. But it it didn't get there in the way that I thought it would, which I appreciated. Um, and and so we spent a lot. Let's just quickly touch on. There's uh, I don't even know if it's a B plot. It's just a a moment with uh, Doctor Culber. Uh, right, sick pay, and then we can get back to what is really the whole point of this is Saru and going to his homeworld and saving everybody. Um, well, not everybody, but complicating the lives of the Baul and saving the Kelpians. Uh, so Dr. Culber is uh, not feeling like himself, even though his body is exactly like his body before. And I think they're setting us up for something. I don't know what, but uh, I, he... Yeah, I mean, either could there could be something wrong with him or it just they want to they want his return to feel earned that he doesn't mm-hmm. come back just he's fine in the next episode instead he's struggling and he had he you know he had a traumatic experience and his his body has been regrown and just I, I feel like it makes it feel a little less cheap of a resurrection if they put him through this it could be leading somewhere more than that but I feel like at the very <laughs> least they're showing the fallout from it by the way Saru in that scene offers some care without any glare so that That's was true. nice <laughs> yeah and he they have a touching moment when uh, Saru says, you know, maybe in order to be your true self, you have to change and go through a traumatic experience right. to Which be is the theme yourself. of this episode, I suppose. It's basically just, uh, yeah, uh, spells out the theme of the episode. Yeah, you're Dr. not Culver, who you were, but maybe you're who you need to be, right? Like, exactly. I thought that was very positive. Besides which, Saru does all his glaring in basically every other scene in this episode, so it's good that we <laughs> so got a little care very here, glaring, in this, here in yes. Sickbay, yeah. I will say Dr. Culver does not seem to be on board with this theory, but no. uh, we'll see. He, no. he misses his scar. He doesn't want uh, Stamets to touch him. Yeah, uh, it, it was yeah, he's he, he's he's troubled right now. He's definitely he's troubled. troubled. I think there's going to be I, some 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 words. I think that Culber Culber <laughs> is certainly I think setting this up for how Stamets is going to be like. Great, we're back to normal, and Culber's going to be like, "Nuh-uh, we are not back to normal." No. So and the, yeah. he went through a very traumatic experience. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, 
so I, I don't blame him. And I assume in, in a future episode, he will uh, make uh, make contact or meet, as normal people say, uh, <laughs> Ash Tyler. Yes. Uh, and uh, sparks will fly. So no probably, doubt. probably so. Um, I wanted. I had a note about the direction of this episode because there's a scene mm-hmm. very early on where they are looking at like uh, holographic <sighs> maps, and the camera just keeps spinning and yes. spinning and spinning. And two episodes ago, I don't know if it's the same director, but two episodes ago they did the same thing, and they the, it keeps spinning around in 360 like look at us you can't see the wall the 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 set it's all three a 360 set aren't we impressive expensive and it is uh too much and i wrote in my notes in all caps stop spinning however (laughs) i love three times i think at least in this episode there is a scene transition where they pan across something in one scene and they continue panning Mm -hmm. and you're in a different place like with saru in his quarters uh but it starts out it like saru is in uh, on his planet on Kaminar and then it kind of like turns around and he's actually with his flowers in his in his yes. uh, room and there are a couple things like that with his sister where uh, they're panning across and she ends up like on the transporter room that like there's there's uh there's a few of those and I thought those were really well done um but please stop with the spinning so like some <laughs> yeah. positive and some negative in the director please, column this time please please don't do that I, don't yeah. I made a note that. saying uh spinny cam over red angel yeah. talk <laughs> yeah 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 we don't need <laughs> it like eight times that i don't know i don't know what that uh you know how many how many 360s the camera did but i think it was at least a 1080 it's too many it's too too many many. yeah it was cool when they first did it to show oh look these three people are looking at this holographic thing and it's cool and then you could just stop the other one i really liked is there's the scene where saru goes into the elevator and then and the doors close and then the doors open and he's on another deck and i thought that was nice and that doesn't get done enough and that was another one of those moments where there was that was a nice little flourish where you feel you know like that that's not quite the same because that's meant to be kind of continuous but it's that same i think nice little touch to make you feel more like you're in the uh you know on the discovery you're in the spaceship at that point yes and i will say i think this episode i every episode of the second season i've said this before that it looks really good but i enjoyed the when the baul ships their 10 ships and then they you know captain pike says put them on the screen and you're like there's only one ship there and then it, they have that nice scene where they all they're i guess lined up and then they circle the uh discovery i like that i like yeah. the the design of the bowl ship yeah they're very uh, much like their little things that they've got down the little pylons they've got in the mm-hmm. villages which are uh by the way for those who do not remember those are officially on this podcast referred to as the hovering murder cylinders mm-hmm. um, so these are the flying murder cylinders <laughs> that they take into space the Ba'ul are not very friendly to anybody. Uh, they just want to kill everybody, it seems. Well, um, I mean, I think I, I, the, there afraid. is an argument for, like, yeah, for like a, like a cornered animal that they have, uh, this is the only way they've been able to survive, is mm-hmm. to be like this. But they're extremely unpleasant. So I like <laughs> yeah. that, that at its core, uh, you know, Pike is not going to radio them and say your civilization is stupid like Captain Kirk would. But in the end, this is one of the things that feels Star Trek-y about this. In a very short amount of time, with not a lot of thought, they, (laughs) and and in this case, with a native of the planet kind of egging them on, they completely overthrow several thousand years of culture on this planet. And, And with not a lot of, like, wait, should we talk about this? Like, there's a moment where they're like... I'm just going to send, like, Saru, we're going to send you the signal, which apparently mm-hmm. you can just wire into the Baul <laughs> ship that you're on, well, that nobody Saru's... is coming to find you. And, uh, or, or I guess they're at the, on the 
the the stronghold or whatever but like they're all there yeah. but none of them are coming to see the guy who broke all of their little uh, drones, <laughs> their, their drones. Like, well they only have five drones we're gonna send you there uh, this thing that will put all of your people through this process immediately and they're all gonna evolve and right. I had a moment where I was like are we sure that they can breed when they're evolved or or are they all going to just become adults and not and not and the last of their kind and not be able to make any more babies like should we talk yeah. about this should we do some no. scanning do do we need to have this ha- all happen right this moment and the 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 show is moving so fast at that point it's like don't even think about it but i did i did I, and again it's star trek it is exactly what star trek does which is mm-hmm. uh yeah this is stupid uh we're going to we're going to just change it. everything and then and then uh, goodbye. I don't believe. See you later. <laughs> Good luck getting Sor- along. Serana is like, t- Saru's like, you can come with me. And she's like, no, somebody has to be responsible here. I, yeah, I got to go I back to the planet. There are things happening on the planet, Saru. I don't know if you know well, going to be a lot of. I, I also wrote down there are going to be a lot of fist fights because now they're all going to be they're more aggressive. So there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of like, they're going to need to, they're not, they're not the super peaceful people that they were. So that that's a huge cultural transformation. If Saru is any indication where they're going to yeah. not be as motivated by fear, which is good but yes. maybe a little more uh, aggressive and confident which is going to lead to some you know i, I think yeah. there are going to be some fights that are, that serana is going to need to break up <laughs> is what i'm saying because there is a scene in which uh saru is uh you know he's a little hot under the collar because he uh he knows what's going on on this planet and he wants to not he wants to stop it from happening and captain pike is like well we're not really here for that we're here to get the red angel so you know cool it's saru and there's a very tense scene where saru it, it, they lead you to believe that Saru is about to punch uh, Captain Pike. <laughs> so what, what I love about that scene, and I, it's great, is um, so Doug Jones, such a great actor. They're so fortunate mm-hmm. to have him on this show. Um, one of the great, uh, I, we said this last year, and I'm going to say it again, one of the great Star Trek characters of all time, I think, mm-hmm. is Saru. He's such an interesting yes. character, so well-performed. Under all that makeup, as an alien character, and still you get a, a sense of what his personality is. So in body language, the entire time he is going to knock uh, Pike's head off, right? Mm-hmm. In dialogue, he is completely by the book. Yeah, he's like, I would never do that. I, you, are you questioning your adherence right, to right. regulation? But it's like, but if you look at him, he is absolutely uh, gonna gonna punch him. Except that in his in his what he's saying, he's saying all the right things. I think that's I think it's so great, <laughs> such a great combination where it's like. Because I think it gets across that the character doesn't actually know what he's doing himself. Mm-hmm. That he is he is torn. He's and never felt so, this way. So he's he's very responsible and he's saying all the right things. And you, you can see very clearly in his body language that he feels a completely different way. Um, and of course, he's changed. So he, he right. has feelings he's, that he he hasn't experienced before. I think it's I think that that whole thing is so great. And and uh, although there is a moment where I'm like, he should not be there anymore. You need to not have him you, you around. Finally, throw him off the bridge, but it's like no, no, no. He uh, stopped. Like literally, when he, when he says "don't talk" and he starts talking, at that moment, <laughs> yeah. Ash Tyler needs to remove him from the bridge. But that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. No, no, uh, and he's well, yeah, and he's physically imposing too. Because not only is he tall, we remember that that episode with all the blue plants and stuff from last season, where he goes crazy. He's super fast and super strong. So yeah, he's dangerous too. Yeah, and they they show uh, where he's standing at his little console, and then he breaks it because he's so angry at the baul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in fact, I I think, and I don't know whether this was the plan all along, but when you see Saru and how he behaves in that episode last season, I think people were like, is that how a 
prey species behaves and now you look back and you're like oh it's not no oh, it's no. not he was he was full-on scary kelpian predator at that moment mm. and th- now you think about it and you're like oh that was bad for the baul i get it now yeah, yeah they're, they're scary <laughs> they're, they're, they, yeah. the kelpian saru is very nice but they they are kind of scary yeah it's true. Uh, and and um, I wanted to say something. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, and the other thing I uh, uh, my my biggest problem with this episode, I liked it a lot. But uh, they basically decide that the entire planet should go through this by beaming the little message without getting anyone's consent. They're just like, let's just do it. Uh, mm-hmm. And every Kelpian, we're going to change every Kelpian on the planet uh, at the same time. And it should be fine. Yeah. And, sure, and I thought maybe maybe you should ask them if they want to change. I don't know. I mean, clearly their mm. society is not great, yeah. and they are. It's been a big lie, but I feel like it's it's a big decision that uh, maybe they could all come to together. Like I get I get Saru's point, which is like, no, this is a lie. All of, and he's thinking I mean, quite rightly. He's like generations of my people have been led to slaughter by these people, and it is all a lie. And mm-hmm. I need to like wake up, sheeple. That is basically Saru's <laughs> point here. But yeah, you're right. There is that, that moment. Uh, and, and, and at least they have the the General Order One conversation, which is the Prime Directive, which is like, well, mm-hmm. I like how Burnham. <laughs> boy, I'm glad Burnham presumably never served with Kirk because because it's talk about being an enabler of breaking the Prime Directive. She's like, well, you know, they're warp mm. capable, but then these and they saw the they, they saw see it. the tech, it's fine. so it's fine. So you know, let's just beam down and Pike's like. Mm-hmm. Well, mm. Red Angels, we gotta we gotta seek out the the Red Angels here. So I guess you can go down there. A, yes. a larger point, by the way, is that I really like how this season has been structured. It's structured sort of how I thought season one would be structured, and it turned out not to be. Which is, it's very episodic, and mm-hmm. yet the story arc for the season is the way they've constructed it with the Red Angel and the sightings and all of that, they have a season-long story arc that pulls us through individual episodic stories. And I like, I really like the balance that they've struck, where these episodes all feel like standalone episodes that are part of a whole instead of just like uh, they all running in together. And that, that um, makes me happy too, because it feels a little more like I think the balance is right for a modern Star Trek to feel still a little episodic plus have it. And in this case, we have the, the Red Angel. As part of Saru's opening monologue, there's that moment where suddenly we're seeing planets and a little red thing appears and, and you're like, is that it's like yes that is that's oh, is that what i think it is that's the one of the signals so that that was that was good too i like that this is the episode that is on you know saru's planet but it also furthers the the overall story and the mystery of the season and it makes ever, ever so you know cbs all access has chosen not to release them all all on netflix at the same time right so they right. want you to come and watch it week by week uh and it is less satisfying to watch uh, a show that has been designed to be binged week to week, uh, as opposed to an episode, uh, something that they have designed now with season two, where it's, it's a self-contained story with a thread through it. So you're, you're satisfied at the end, but you also want to see the next one. Right. If they had just, you know, if they're telling a, a 14 or whatever, 15 part story uh i want to see the next one immediately and i don't want to wait a week right uh, whereas if you have that you, you feel like the episode landed 
which this episode mm-hmm. does, but also it asks some questions and you get a week to kind and of I'm ponder intrigued. the questions yes. and be intrigued and not have it be immediately answered and another question asked. I think I like the pace of it. Not everything needs to be a binge show. Not everything needs to be a weekly release. But knowing that this is a weekly release, they've built it that way. And I think it feels right to me. Yes. And it will work uh, bingeable as well. So uh, I think they can, they, they have both ways. And sure. so we find out, uh, so Saru, we, we see the, the Baul, no one's ever seen a Baul before, which is, I think they were leading us down this path of, oh, you're yeah. going to think it's a Kelpian and it's not. Uh, it's like a, I don't know, like a seaweed weird, bag weird. monster. Yeah, they're, they're like, yeah, yeah, it's like a little uh, kind of black goo uh, water monster kind of thing. It's interesting. Yeah, and they li- I, I'm assuming they live underwater because their giant uh, stronghold was underwater. Yeah, or um, at least they're, or at least they are by the water, or sometimes in the water, or comfortable being in the water, uh, or in in whatever that you know mud pit is that, that they're, is, they're yes. from. But they're 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 a really alien and weird, and um, and uh, we don't really get a great look at them. And I think it's fine. I think they're they're creepy and alien, and uh, and uh, that's all good. And I one of the things I like about the Borg is uh the way they hail uh starships and they sound creepy uh and the baul hail the discovery and they sound super creepy yeah. uh and uh they their hails make all the screens on the bridge for some reason flicker so uh mostly cuz it it looks creepy so yeah. uh, i enjoyed that yeah they're audio only which is also a thing that the communications guy is like audio only like well, I, don't, I don't even know should i even tell you that there's a thing with audio who only wants the audio like all I right guess, so i guess I'll, I'll display a waveform nobody listens to podcasts they only watch youtube videos why should i okay i'll put it on the screen it's fine that's fine if by uh, on the screen you mean a little waveform of the voice because like there's no video again i have to say it's audio only <laughs> Yeah. Audio only, yeah, no, they're, they're creepy something. and weird and bad, which is good because mm-hmm. you want to feel, I mean, they're trying to set up that twist too of like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, they're creepy and bad, but they're actually terrified because they were almost hunted to extinction by the Kelpians. Like that's, right. that's, which that's is, nice. They're also still awful and they, you know, they responded to being hunted to almost extinction by creating hovering murder cylinders who create basically a, uh, you know, a genocide of this other people and treat them like little, uh, like little farm great. animals. That's not so good. No, they're no. still bad, but, but you know. they are, uh, uh, and I think you said this earlier, this, they are uh, one of a quintessential kind of Star Trek villain, right? Because they are bad and you are not supposed to like them, but then you find out something about them that you're like, well, I kind of understand where they're coming I see from. Why, I see why they are so unpleasant, even if they mm-hmm. should not be quite so unpleasant. Right? Exactly. It doesn't let them off the hook. No. But it gives them a reason for doing what they're doing. Villain, the best villains have a reason to do what they do. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that the Ba'ul are the best villain, but I'm, I am saying they're creepy and they are, you know, have an interesting backstory about like, why are they so mean to the Kelpians? And the answer is that, yeah, they were, uh, they're terrified of them because they, they were their, uh, their predator and almost preyed on them to extinction. So like, again, I don't have to like them, but at least I get why they ended up the way they are. They were, you know, they were raised badly in a bad, bad society. It was just too <laughs> the angry. started it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. And I do like there, there's a scene where, you, you know, they've, they, 
figure this all out and they get the 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 wave file that will turn everyone into killing machines <laughs> right um, right and, 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 and saru was like oh i used to bash together pieces of old uh exactly. stuff that fell off of baul ships back in that uh short trek so i'll just do that again and so he does yeah, i'll just bang a couple of these things together they 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 do that and, but that was the point at which you were talking about earlier jason of saru saying well we'll just learn to live together uh and we'll have to learn and they'll have to learn uh and i thought oh that's great and then immediately i after that, uh, the Baul figure out what's going on, and they're like, you know what? We're just going to kill everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not learning. They're bad because we can't let them. You know, you're turning them into this, and and that's going to kill us. So we're going to kill them first. And like, I understand it. It is a mutually assured destruction thing that's happening there. Um, and then the Enter- or not the Enterprise. I want with Pike. I always think it's the Enterprise. The Discovery mm-hmm. um, is there to. Uh, like fire down, rain down some photon torpedoes to try and stop this from happening. But uh, really what is happening here is that ultimately whatever the red angel is uh, basically steps in, in this moment of kind of mutually assured destruction that's going on. And, and uh, as they point out later um, with the Baul's energy level is spread thin by the fact that they're trying to, to do this uh, and kill all the Kelpians is the moment when the, the red angel steps in and kind of shuts them shuts them down so that that's it it does escalate to potentially the moment where uh it's all going to be terrible and that's it it is a deus ex machina in a way Mm -hmm. a red angel ex machina (laughs) but uh but like that i feel like it plays fair that we'd sort of set up all along that 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 uh this is why they're there and that you know they've Mm -hmm. gotten it to this point we don't know the rules of the red angel but obviously something is going on where es saru says at one point i don't have any evidence for this but i think this is why why we're here which is you know everybody is kind of torn this year with this you know sense of like is there a reason why we're here and the the red angel uh for reasons that we can talk about later uh is a reason why they're they're here they, or at mm-hmm. least they can need to consider that that may be the reason why they're doing what they're doing and how they ended up where they are right and that's the the scene with the spinning camera where ash tyler and michael burnham and captain pike are, are arguing about is there an intelligence behind this is it randomly picking things is it leading us places is it causing so ash is right representing section 31 and he's super like, paranoid and and, yeah. and and like i i love that i love that because he he's like oh no it's it's uh it's super dangerous and it's like it saved a bunch of amish people in a church like uh, and he's like well how do you know it didn't start that nuclear war <laughs> yeah it's just i mean it's a, it's a great moment because pike's like you guys are way too paranoid <laughs> that is totally crazy and he's like we don't want another war pike we have to do things so that we don't yeah. uh, the war changed people yeah uh, oh like, um well, changed you speaking Tyler. of good good star trekky things in this episode uh that moment where the baul um demand basically demand saru back you took something of ours he, be- he belongs to us um mm-hmm. that leads to a very good little uh, pike speech very star trek of um he is our people he's not your people he this, the kelpian is our people it's like you're not gonna take him he belongs to us and then you know saru leaves the bridge um, and I mentioned that he goes in the elevator and we see and the, the door opens and he's on another deck. What I didn't mention is um, he goes to the transporter room. And I was this is another thing that surprised me because he's going to the transporter room ultimately to save his village by turning himself in. And Burnham um, tells him not to do it. And then she lets him go. I read this scene entirely the wrong way, which is that I thought since this is aggressive new Saru, 
that I was really surprised that he wasn't going to like the weapons locker to go down to his village and blow up the murder cylinder, but that's mm-hmm. not actually what he was doing. So he was, he was being more like the actual Saru than I gave him credit for. I assumed that he was going down there to, to blow things up and, and make trouble at, at which point I really thought Burnham should have probably uh, shot him and not let him <laughs> beam off the ship, but she did let him. So she did. And he, cause he was just uh, going to surrender himself. Yeah, he was just uh, going to sacrifice himself. It turns out doesn't doesn't work out well for him mm-hmm. because the bubble apparently can uh reroute your transporter yeah, signal onto so. their ship and uh there you go and my only quibble Jerks. with that is the shields were up so could saru really transport out but that's a star trek nerd thing and it doesn't matter maybe he timed it there, there's a lot of moments in this like in him assembling this whole thing that's going to set his entire people free out of like little broken bits of stuff he found <laughs> um, on the ground yeah um that like yeah, i mean it, yeah, it's I, it's I, silly, I, and I I can I can headcanon it right. Like my headcanon is sure the shields are up, but Saru is smart enough to set it on a timer, probably timed mm-hmm. against some sort of flickering in the shields some, where he can yeah. get out or whatever. Like you could put it, and they just were like, nah, we're not going to even bother, and I, that's fine. I I know, yeah, yeah, and I, I get it, and and I really like this episode. I thought it was really good. My quibbles with it are mostly that you know why do they let Saru? Why does he go through the shields? How can he quickly build a communicator out of? <laughs> Like three broken blocks, yeah. <laughs> uh, and why does no one? It is clear. Like why? Why do the the Baul want to kill Saru and his sister because they're going to upset this whole balance that they have? And yet they do it in like the super villain way of, well, we'll let them wait there and we'll send one drone, <laughs> we'll send another drone when they could have just you know like vaporized them. I guess we don't see them other than that one that's there. So maybe there's more to it than that, but. But yeah, I, I, I agree there is the James Bond kind of problem. And then, like I said before, I do feel like it moves awfully fast. And again, I think that's just Star Trek. But like, we're literally going to make this change to the biology of an entire planet to something that's fine. a status quo for thousands of years. And yeah, it was a bad status quo, but still, we're just going to like, you know, do it now because if we wait a day some bureaucrat will come and mess everything up so we'll just blow it up now I, i'm sure that's what captain kirk would do but it just it seemed to to go a lot a lot faster and i actually got worried at a couple of points that there would be a horrible twist which is something like they can't have any babies anymore now that they're all mm. matured or something and therefore we've just you know rendered them extinct and and you know that would be sad. They would explain why there are no Kelpians in future Star Trek episodes, though. So. <laughs> well, we, we still have more episodes, so yeah. perhaps that is, uh, they'll revisit that and say, by yeah. the way. If it turns out that that's the tragic twist, then I'm sorry to spoil it, but that was just my thought as we were, we were uh, watching it. So, um, uh, yeah, so the sphere, I wonder if the sphere will come back. I wanted to mention that again. The, oh, this is yeah. the sphere, is the, it kind of like has its, its like to. hypno beam that aged Saru and then they used that to <laughs> do it for everyone else it, yep. and it's a database of like everything that's happened in part of the galaxy which they're yep. figuring out I, I thought a, a slice of galaxy pie so you know is that a really convenient way for them to learn about things that you know whenever they need to on the show I guess maybe so I hope I that they've sent a copy of the sphere tape back to Starfleet <laughs> and aren't you just like keeping it for themselves because that's a lot of data they should uh, that could be really useful in, in uh, sending out new starships to new places I don't know and uh, what's uh, Arium? Is that how you say it? Arium. Arium. She gets a little uh, moment there when she, uh, Tilly and Arium are, are uh, tasked with sorting through all the data to figure out if there's any Kelpian knowledge in there. And uh, Tilly's like, Arium and I are totally going to find it. And Arium finds it. And Tilly says, uh, I meant Arium. Yeah, Ar- Arium is basically a search engine. She's in her ro- <laughs> whatever robot cyborg, whatever brain. She She's fast at searching. She's like, got it. 
we've got it and the other she gets like uh, thousands of years of climate and biological data for the planet or something yeah. very convenient that's but, so you know nice. it's fine it's but we're leading up to the big thing we need to talk about jason the yes. big should we should we go to the should we fire off the conspiracy phaser i mean it happens in the episode so we can talk about what happens yeah uh, yeah i don't know if i'll actually fire it's the requires effort for me to find that phaser sound effect but yeah let's talk about let's talk about the red angel, the red angel and uh, what it might be because yes mm-hmm. saru and we get a closer look at it because Saru's a very clear visual yes. whatevers are better than humans, but we also get a better look at it. And it looks very much like a humanoid, as they say, in a mechanized suit. It is like a person in a space suit, mm-hmm. um, which uh, you with very advanced t- technology or as Pike says, it is someone mm. manipulating fates of entire species, which, and- you know. Yeah. So this this may be, you know, I'm going to say it. We, Spock might be in this episode because he could be the person in that suit. We it don't know. Could be. It probably isn't. It probably isn't since it's sort of tormented him. But it could be a future version of him. I was uh, saying to uh, our friend Moises earlier today that if uh, who also is kind of into the conspiracy theories that um, actually if Leonard Nimoy was still alive, I would have a whopper of a conspiracy theory for who the red <laughs> angel is right but i don't think it's going to be like zachary quinto or something no, but that would that would blow my mind but I, do, <laughs> but I do feel like my time travel theory which comes up a couple of times here uh is still mm-hmm. looking pretty good um just because you've got this idea of why do they save the settlers and then and then they save that them uh move the discovery there so that they can save the settlers from the rings and they you know they steer them to the to the sphere and then they to send them here at this moment where there's this uh cultural thing that needs to happen uh, it's all about saru in this case but that's like you know the the red angel used spock to save burnham earlier so it feels to me like what's happening is that there's something that needs to happen and the crew of the discovery needs to be in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. and that the red the red angel signals are all about some greater plan from the future that we will that will be resolved by the end of the season it seems like that's still kind of what's going on but in the meantime we get to have these standalone episodes that are that are sometimes tied in with the red angel and sometimes not uh and it's a good balance i think it's working for me that they're learning more about it and they're debating in the show the same things that we would debate about it which i think is really Mm -hmm. valuable really useful that whole idea of like you know section 31 is paranoid but at the same time everything that they've done is good it's a mystery it doesn't mean it's bad um but it did change the fate of entire species like you do so you know if you, if you have a mechanized it could uh, be captain kirk suit. in there frankly at that point because <laughs> talking about manipulating the fates of species sounds like him william shatner's still alive yeah oh yeah yeah and he would totally show up <laughs> he probably would i come from a future time in which no anyway <laughs> yeah i mean i think that uh i am excited I've, I think we say this in episode, every episode. I liked season one. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and, and I'm really excited about where season two is going. Yeah. So, uh, and I really, every episode makes me like Captain Pike more, which makes me, uh, sad when I know at the end of the season, he will not, I assume, yeah. not be on they, anymore. They literally because... can't keep Anson Mount, even if they want to, <laughs> because of canon <laughs> so mm-hmm. they 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 can oh i did have a moment where i thought well number one is going to come back at some point so maybe maybe there's that scene where he's like number one take the enterprise for a year to four years okay <laughs> i'll come back uh, and i'm sure nothing bad will happen when yeah, i come it's back fine. it's fine <laughs> 
everything will be fine. Because uh, he he is, uh, you know, we, we talk about this, you know, comparing him to Lorca. Lorca, not so great. Uh, Captain Pike uh, has, uh, you know, he is the cap- the Starfleet captain that you, he's like the 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 prototypical starfleet captain uh and and he always has uh, some great lines like when uh they show up and uh uh you know they, he's like well we'll just ask the bowl if they've seen the red angel uh and ash tyler's like well we're just gonna be you know hail them and and what is it, open the fr- open the front door or something and, it's like and, yeah and, yeah and he, uh, he says an unexpected guest it never hurts to be polite, to be polite. yeah exactly <laughs> right that's 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 captain uh, 101 stuff there yeah he's really good i think i think they're probably hoping that um after two years of this um they will we will know these characters so well that having you know saru and burnham be in charge of the ship will be fine like I think that I think that may be where they're they're like they couldn't plausibly put them in charge of the ship after the events of season one, but perhaps after the events of season two, one or the other of them could be the captain and the other could be the first officer, and that that will be yes. like good enough, or they'll just make Tilly the captain. Sure, whatever. <laughs> Why not? Somebody has to be the captain. Yeah, and I, I'd be fine with either of them being captain as well. I just I did not. I didn't have any expectations about uh, Captain Pike because uh, we don't really know much about Captain right. Pike, uh, and and I just am finding it a delight. The character is delightful. Yeah, and, good uh, performance, he's doing a good job. well written, mm-hmm. um, fulfills that fills that spot. And I think that's it's worth at least thinking about. Like the the funny thing about Discovery is that it's a show that where the main character is not the captain of a starship, right? So Burnham is our main character, but. Mm-hmm in a starship based show the captain is really important and like the west wing they they realized very quickly that originally you know the president was going to only show up every so often and uh they very rapidly realized that martin sheen actually needed to be a key part of the show he's not the main character it's an ensemble but he has to be there discovery's a little like that where they had their plan for lorca so they have they had to lose him um and now with with uh, pike it's the same thing we're like it, it it is this hard thing because you need to have a captain, even though you know they're not saying Pike's now the main character of the show, but they do need to kind of have somebody in the chair. So maybe that will change, and it won't be like a rotating captain's chair every year. And instead, you know, we will they will make the point that now uh, Burnham or Saru have learned enough to be the captain of Discovery. Um, but it is a uh, a challenge uh as we talked about before like for season two picking up the pieces after season one where the you know went through multiple showrunners and there were a lot of uh uh changes made along the way of the original conception of the show like season two has to kind of fix that and maybe that's the idea behind having pike there is that he's a steadying presence he's a role model and then at the end of the season he has confidence to uh hand things mm-hmm. off to the to the rest of the crew and go on his way yes i think that that will probably be but i'll still be sad to see him go yeah so because, uh, so good like so well done yeah yeah really but, well done uh, saru and burnham both are very good characters as well so i think that and i, I hope that uh, saru becomes captain because i thought at the end of season one he should have been captain so yeah, i agree uh, i agree i think i think that would be fun to have an alien captain and have still not be your main character is still not the captain <laughs> of the ship but the first mm-hmm. officer maybe that would be you know why not like at this point we will a season three of discovery will have known these characters for two years we, we you know i think it's 
I think it's safe. It's safe. Yes. And you don't need to have this tie in with uh, a character that is, is well known, but not very known. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So that you can, you can fiddle around with him, but, you, but they wanted to draw it back into if, canon. If right, so. I were the producers of this show, I would watch what's going on with Anson Mount and say uh, a couple of things. First off, we need to find a way to have Pike and the Enterprise guest in future seasons of Discovery because he's mm-hmm. too good to just say goodbye to. Um, and, and maybe Spock too. We haven't seen Spock yet, but you know, maybe, maybe that's part of it too. But like, but Pike for sure, like you can't, you can't let him go. He's got to come back in some way after this season is over because he's just too good to, to let go. And I would have one of those conversations of when I'm making a list of all the CBS all access spinoffs that we're planning mm-hmm. and this one, the section 31 and the animated and all that. I look at this and I'm like, you know, you could do the adventures of Captain Pike on the Enterprise before Captain Kirk took over. That would there. be a pretty good show. And you found the, watch that. you found your stars. You've got your number one and your Pike number one, yeah, and your Spock. Great. Just do that show as another show. That would be great. So <laughs> I'm just great. throwing it. I'm just throwing it out there that maybe because it does feel inevitable that there will one day be another Star Trek show that is about the USS Enterprise. And it just strikes me as we're talking. Um, at this point, they've got all the actors. They could literally do it about the original Enterprise um, with the, the actors that they've cast in Discovery and and just have it be like a different show. And that's that would also be awesome. That would be great. I, I would and, love that. And it gives a, it would be interesting because we know how it's going to end. So it's kind of watching how that progresses. Yeah, it's like uh, the, makes it interesting. Yeah, the, the last episode of the last season is, uh, you know, Captain Kirk uh, comes on board and uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Pike goes away into retirement. It would be it would be great, and yeah. I will say, uh, as the host of Random Trek, uh, how pleased I am that there is so much to discuss with every episode of Discovery, because the, that is not true of every episode of Star Trek. Oh boy, uh, yeah. there are a lot of kind of boring episodes of Star Trek where nothing happens, and it's kind of like eh, middling. It's fine. You but know, Discovery always has something. When you have twenty six episodes a year, yeah, there's a lot of filler. And they're all mm-hmm. and they're all standalone episodes, right? But I, I will say that that um, this era where we only get fourteen, fifteen episodes of Discovery a year, um, on one level, it's like, oh man, the, back in the old days, there were like thirty episodes in season one <laughs> of twice the original as much. But um, but it is every episode matters in a way that I, I, it doesn't in those older series, and um, I, so I agree with you. Yes, you have to. I guess they were chasing that syndication money, and uh, they don't need that now. I guess. Yeah. Well, I don't when know it was when the original Next Generation syndication deal was going on, I mean, the reason it was twenty six episodes and not twenty two is because they had to fill a slot um, every week for fifty two weeks, and so they re- made twenty six episodes and then reran them once, and that was a year. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> it was literally that. On network, <laughs> you can preempt things from time to time, but uh, back in in the syndication days, they couldn't do that. And twenty six episodes a year seems completely bananas. Although uh, original series did more than that, um, but uh, even twenty-two episodes, like it's hard to even fathom that now. TV has changed so much. So, um, but mm-hmm. the net result is you're right. You don't you don't end up with these episodes of Discovery that are sort of like a meaningless meaningless trifle that has nothing to do with anything. Like that is not. They don't have the time to do that because they've only got fourteen episodes. And and speaking of time, another thing that strikes me as you said that is that 
so whenever I watch an original series episode, which I love the original series, don't send me any emails about how great it is because I agree with you. Uh, they are what, like 52 minutes long. Uh, and that's, that's like a, a, a languid, uh, a slow ride, 52 minutes. Uh, it's not, you know, uh, breakneck speed sure. uh, and discovery is uh, most of the episodes are actually longer than that um and, and they they go by very quickly yeah yeah it's actually kind of fun that the discovery episodes are very much like an original series runtime i mean we've had new eden was only 44 but sound of thunder is 56 minutes long so these are mm-hmm. um these are longer than an hour-long network tv show because they don't have to fit a time slot they basically i think do their cut and then they don't have to cut it for time it's great um but the yeah yeah the pace modern pace is very different than the pace of 50 years ago so that's also true yeah for sure for sure uh we didn't mention the last thing that happens in this episode is uh after all of this conversation that goes on burnham says i know what i need to do now you've been home saru but i need to go to Vulcan, and that's what? the end. So, uh, so w- will we see Spock next week? Well, uh, he's in the yeah. end of the trailer <laughs> for next time, so maybe. Although, uh, maybe. who knows, right? I, I, I know people are like, I don't want to be spoiled about the trailer. Like, I, I'm not going to describe the trailer to you. I don't quite understand what was in the trailer myself. I just know that they're teasing mm-hmm. Spock. I'm also not 100 percent sure. It looks like we're going to see Ethan Peck as Spock. Doesn't mean they find him. Doesn't mean it's That's not true. a flashback. Doesn't it mean it's not a, a vision. But we're going to get a glimpse of him, uh, perhaps next week, or doing something Vulcany. Doing something Vulcany. Yeah, which exactly right. Do they go to Vulcan next week? I don't know that either. From that trailer, it's mm. really kind of hard to tell. But I think it's interesting that Burnham. You know, all these episodes are tied together in these ways. Where like this episode couldn't happen until we had the episode with Saru and the Sphere, and the episode where they get Culber back because they both are required for the scenes that we have at the beginning of this episode. And now she is set Burnham on this path to Vulcan. I don't know if they'll get there next week or not, but very clearly she feels she needs to engage with Vulcan and go back to the start in order to solve the mystery of where Spock is and what he's doing. And that's also interesting. So um, where, where they go is unclear, but certainly there is a Burnham is headed in a particular direction. Yes, she wants to go where it all started, one imagines. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see as she tries to convince Captain Pike that they should do that instead of looking for uh, wherever the Red Angel appears yeah, next. Yeah, exactly. Also, uh, she should watch out for logic extremists. <laughs> well, they did murder her family. That's yeah, true. So it's, it's not great. Or were there Klingons? I forget who kills the people. Klingons killed the, her the Klingons family. Killed the logic extremists blew up her school and That's almost right. and injured her, but she didn't. She, she didn't. She's die. she's had a tumultuous uh, tumultuous life, yeah. Jason. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It's amazing she's turned out as well as she has. Quite frankly, although there is that mutiny, but nobody talks <laughs> we, about that. Anymore. We don't talk about that. No, it's fine. She she uh, made up for it, so it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Uh, she probably did to make up for it give uh, Captain Pike some tea some or something tea because humans like tea and you can get your tea for your humans at nmtco.com slash tv and save some money with the code that's on that page and fill out our survey please thank you and uh, do it I feel Scott as if we're coming to the end of this episode I feel as though you are correct Jason Jason